0: Welcome to Alive, a Vineyard College ministry with the purpose to awaken students to their true relationship, identity, and destiny in Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit. We hope you enjoy this message today. And if you want to connect with us, you can follow us on Facebook at Alive Vineyard College Family or Instagram at Alive Vineyard College. have a special treat tonight. We have uh, some testimonies that people are going to share. Uh, and there's a, uh, a passage in Revelation. I love it. One of my favorite passages. And it goes like we defeat the enemy. Y'all want to hear how you defeat the enemy? I, I, I think some of y'all don't even care. Okay, let me let me ask y'all again. Do y'all want to hear how y'all defeat the enemy? Yeah. Okay, okay, that's, that's much better. <laughs> We're getting there. Um, we defeat the enemy by the blood of the lamb, by the word of our testimony, and to love not our life even unto death. Those three things right there is how you defeat the enemy. I'm going to repeat that. We defeat the enemy by the blood of the lamb. You know what? Jesus' blood just paid it all. Jesus' blood forgave us of our sin, separated us as far as, uh, separated sin from us as far as the east is from the west. He defeated the sin. You know, there's no more sin in us because of his blood is, 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 is covering us from the head to toe. We have no sin anymore because his blood paid it all. The wonder working power of his blood is what we have. And then the word of our testimony the word of our testimony is also what defeats the enemy and to love not our life even unto death and I believe that we are going to slay the enemy tonight by listening to some testimonies some glory stories if you will and so um, I'm going to we're going to have about four people share tonight short testimonies and I want you to listen I want you to be open I want you to hear what the Lord's saying in this story I believe that there's going to be something in each story for each and every one of you right here tonight um and um and we're just going to again give glory to God all right so first up first person that we have come up is a is a dear friend of mine. This, this, this woman of God um, has uh, fire in her eyes. When I first met her, i just seen just the rising level of identity. She gave her testimony last year because she got baptized last year in front of the church, y'all, and it was powerful. And uh, I want to go ahead and introduce y'all or reintroduce some of y'all, Jess Oswald. Come on up here, sis. We're going we're gonna to have her share a little something. This mic live, right? Okay. Mic check, mic check. Okay, here you go.
1: Hey, guys. I did not know who Clay was talking about at first, but it was me. Um, So just to lighten the mood a little bit, I'm super nervous, um, and I feel really awkward, but it's okay. I'm just going to do this. Um, But yeah, my name is Jess. I'm a junior at U of I. I'm a business student. Um, And I got plugged into Alive my freshman year, second semester. Um, If you know me, I'm very type A personality, like planning everything to a T. Um, And I kind of like wrote a little bit about what I wanted to say. And then during worship, um, yeah, God just like wrecked those plans. So, yeah, I just pray that Holy Spirit guides my words. And I don't know what's going to come out of my mouth. But Yeah, so when Clay first asked me to share my testimony, I kind of sat there and thought that I didn't have a testimony because I feel like sometimes as Christians we get so content with the season we're in when it's a good one, and we kind of forget where we came from um, and everything that God has done. So, yeah, I just, I first thought I would talk about my freshman year and how I was just in this pit of isolation and how um, God just, like, gave me the best friends I could ever ask for, and the best roommates, and future roommates. Um, But yeah, I did a lot of reflection these past few days, and I was reading like old journal entries that I've written, and I, yeah, I was just praying a lot, and I felt in my heart that I really needed to talk about shame, and guilt, and the inability to love. So I actually as I was reflecting, I started experiencing some things that I haven't even thought about for years. Um, And I knew that that was kind of the enemy's way of trying to like stop me from talking and kind of just distract me from where I'm headed. So, and if you guys, like Clay said, if you came to the baptisms, then you saw me like crying on stage about all of this. It was a mess. But Anyways, yeah, God has just radically transformed my heart and restored broken relationships in my life that I never knew I needed or wanted fixed until he fixed them. So, yeah, when I first came to college, I was from a really small town, um, Callan County. It's about three hours from here. But um, I just viewed college as, like, my opportunity to escape. And my mom at the time, she was, like, super involved, just, like, She has my location, so, like, she would show up all the time, and I hated it. Like, I just could not stand my mom, and our relationship was terrible. Um, So, yeah, I came to college. I did everything that a college student, at least what I thought a college student should do. So, I was going to parties. I was drinking. I was having a lot of really fun stories to talk about, um, but, like, I just felt really sick all the time. And it sounds weird to say, and... I don't even know how to describe it other than this feeling of like deep conviction. So like emotionally I felt sick, but also like physically in my gut, I just always felt so anxious. Um, And yeah, I guess I thought I was having fun, but I just remember thinking that everyone else I knew around me just seemed to be doing so much better than me. And it's because I truly wasn't happy. And I felt so homesick, even though I didn't want to go home. Um, I wasn't making any friends. I was gaining weight, and honestly, I was just, like, so depressed. All my friends back home seemed like they were doing fine, so I just didn't feel like I was anything to anybody for months. And at the same time, I was battling this weird and intense, like, inner shame, and my relationships back home were so strained. Just growing up with a really dysfunctional family, I guess is how I would say it, Um, but, like, just divorce that led to a lot of manipulation and unhealthy emotional attacks from me. And truly, deep down, I loved my family in the best way that I could, but I was a terrible daughter and a terrible sister, and I was just angry and confused for years, and I was unhappy with myself because of how I treated others. And so actually, when I was reading my old journal, I actually found something that I wrote in December of 2019, and so I actually wrote it out here. So. I said, God heals those who are hurt, but what about those who hurt, as in those who hurt others? Because I keep hurting, but I'm hurting too. I don't even know the source or the reason, but I feel so terrible and bitter and spiteful. This is me praying for change and healing of myself because I'm the one causing all of this hurt to those I love. How can I deserve your grace and goodness? I know I'm such a bad person. I know I'm supposed to believe you love me despite it all, but how can I? So this was just like red flags everywhere and I needed an awakening. So these combined feelings left me in a really dark place starting off my second semester. I remember just having this constant sense of dread um, and I started having panic attacks and I've always been an anxious person but like this was a whole new level and I can laugh about this now but I remember my freshman year, it was like this time of year so it's cold out and I just remember like having my hood up, having a beanie on, and just like walking down the quad sobbing. And it was sad, but like I felt like main character energy because that would be like a scene in a rom-com. Like it was just, yeah. So anyways, um, there was a song that I kind of just wanted to share a little bit with you guys um, because this song was like the foundation for me. And anytime I'd have a panic attack, like medication didn't help. Um, Talking to people didn't help, but like this one song uh, is called Fear is a Liar. Um, I don't even remember who it's by, but I still listen to it like all the time. Um, But there's a part that I would just meditate on these lyrics. And it says, let your fire fall and cast out all my fear. Let your fire fall. Your love is all I feel. And I just remember telling myself that I needed to say it until I could believe it. Now that I'm rooted in Jesus Christ, I can look back and understand the truth of the lyrics. So when it says, fear tells you you're not good enough, you're not strong enough, you're not worthy or beautiful, you should be ashamed, you're the one that grace could never change. Back then I really resonated with these lyrics, Um, but this song, it kind of felt like a wave of awareness and I knew that this was a gentle whisper to pursue him. So then I started Googling churches near me when I was at school. And I started coming to the vineyard, but I sat in the very back corner. I didn't talk to anybody. Um, And then I went up to an altar call one time, and I talked to Dale and Mariah. Love you guys. And so they told me about a live. I started coming to a live, but I sat in the back. I didn't talk to anybody for weeks. Um, And, yeah, but I just knew that I needed to keep coming back because I would be sobbing every time. And, like, even though I didn't talk to anybody, I just felt like, something inside of me made me keep coming back. So eventually, I met some people, I got plugged into a small group, actually two, because I couldn't decide. So I went to Hannah, Hope, and Allie's, and then I also went to Grace's. Um, and yeah, I got baptized last year. I almost went on a mission trip. <laughs> um, but most importantly, I learned the importance of studying his word, and I started chipping away at all these layers of hurt and shame that I had been feeling over the years. So I came to the point where I asked the Lord to change me and my attitudes rather than asking him to change those around me. I realized that every single person in my life could change, um, and it wouldn't change my situation because I would got to the point where I just had these like unrealistic expectations for everybody, and I really just needed internal work that only he could provide me. I also began to understand how we were created to love. I read a prayer from God, well, it's like an email thing I'm subscribed to, it's supposed to be from God's perspective. Um, And it says, a person who withholds love is often a person who isn't receiving the love they need. Will you love them for me? Will you look past their actions and find my heart? So this is really tough and it's a constant process because I had to forgive myself and I had to forgive others in my life to start feeling the love that I was created for. And now, I, it's kind of like the opposite problem because I text my parents and my sisters every day and I tell them how much I love them and I care about them. And I, while that seems really small, um, there was a time in my life when I was scared to say that to them because I just didn't know if I actually felt that. Um, and also hated hugs. Like, you couldn't pay me to hug you and now I just like hug everybody, so probably not good with COVID, but anyways. Um, Yeah, just the last thing is this daily reminder. Uh, I listened to a sermon recently. It says, as a Christian, I must remain anchored to the one who never pulls away in order to act as an anchor for those around me. That's it.
0: Wow. I'm giving you a hug on that one. Oh, my goodness. So good. So good. Y'all give it up again for Jesse. It's amazing. I I love how I love how she, you know, the story of God in her life, and it is developing right now still, but this inner shame, this inner insecurity, this, you know, everyone else needs to change and, you know, no one can be good enough for, you know what, so good. And that prayer that she wrote from God's perspective, that was powerful right there. That was powerful right there. And um, I believe that there are some people here who resonate with her story. Really resonate with some internal things going on right now where you know you just feel like you know, maybe you know that that when she was uh, on, the, on the quad sobbing, you know, their hoodie on, and you know, feeling like she was just it was me against the world, and you know, no one's this enough, and no one's that enough, and everybody is you know, rah, 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 rah. But then God said, yeah, I'm going to challenge you to love past their mistakes, love past their. Shortcomings. That's powerful. That's powerful. I like that. So give it up again for Jess. Thank you. For, thanks for sharing your story. That's amazing. The next person coming up is uh, a person that I recently met and uh, quickly just fell in love with as a daughter, as a spiritual daughter. Her name is Sade. Come on up, girl. Let's go.
2: Hi, everybody. It is a full house. Hi, my name is Sade. I am a freshman at Parkland. Um, And as much as I want to come up here and pretend like I'm okay and that everything's okay, I am going through a very transcending, hard part of my life right now. Um, But I'm really grateful that God is here and when Pastor Clay asked me to do a testimony, I have been through the ringer, y'all. And I I found God, and I looked around at the people and the person that I used to be, and I didn't associate with that person anymore. Um, I unclaimed her. She was, um, what is it that they call it? She was canceled. The person that I used to be, she was canceled. But the issue with doing that was that I forgot the growth and the progress that God was doing in me. And I couldn't appreciate, I couldn't, in this season, I couldn't appreciate where I was because I forgot where I came from, like what she said. And, um, yeah, so I'm going to tell you guys my story. Everyone, brace yourselves. <laughs> I'll try to make this quick. Okay. So the person that you're all looking at tonight is not the girl that you would even recognize four years ago. Being an only child between my separated parents, um, I always admired friends uh, that had relationships with their fathers. Um, My father was there, but he wasn't as present as theirs. Um, I used to compare the compassion, the protection, and the unconditional love, um, and I envied that. Um, And then since a young age, I... Associated my father's absence in my life as um, me not being good enough, that I wasn't good enough for him to stay. My mom was a single mother, and she worked really hard to make sure that we had a good life. There is no rule books to parenting. She worked two jobs, cooked, provided for me and all of my needs, and even went to all of my soccer games and was super supportive. But it never felt like their love was enough. There was a big hole. I felt empty since a young age. Um, I used to ask myself questions, maybe around, you know, eight or nine. Why was I never enough? What can I do to become enough for others to love me? Who can I pretend to be to in order to be accepted and to be loved unconditionally? At age 12, I believed that if I were to survive in this world, I would have to toughen up, Lock away my consciousness, um, the consciousness of my innocence, and become someone that had power to create an illusion of my own image. I told myself that I was confident, that I was sexy, that I was unbothered, that I was unfazed. Um, this would be called a hot girl in uh, this time, um, and that I was in control, and that anything that I wanted, that I would get. The devil took his time planting his seeds of lies and destruction. Um, In them, he bred emptiness, loneliness, depravity. He started to create a void. And I became a shell of the little girl that I once was. The summer after my 14th birthday, I was raped walking back home from my friend's house. From that point on, I decided that I didn't deserve to be alive anymore. And the devil had, in my eyes, won. I lost my fight. And I now completely believe that my life was worthless and purposeless. I wanted to disappear. I always wanted to feel numb. I wanted to escape from myself. I started doing drugs and hanging um, around other people that experienced a similar brokenness as me. I started running away from my mother and blaming her for not being able to protect me that day. I spent my entire adolescence trying to recover pieces of my innocence from men who ravaged me like I was not a priceless jewel. The light that everyone saw inside me was dimming quickly. I became the troubled, problematic child of my family, and almost everyone believed that I was a lost cause, that I wouldn't graduate high school, that I would never attend college or become someone capable of change. After several attempts of rehab, The doctors came to the conclusion that I wasn't mentally ill. I didn't need medication. And now that I look back at it, all I needed was God. I recall a moment after being detained at a Houston juvenile detention center. I sat in a cell. Yes, this face sat in a cell, Bible in hand, and cried out to God, begging him to take my life. I was begging to die, to take away all the pain and the brokenness My brokenness was met with the surreal comfort of the Holy Spirit. God heard my plea. I could hear that still small voice saying to me, I am here. I have never left you. And when I ripped open that Bible and I saw what was written on the page, it said, wipe your tears and do not be sorrowful. That moment is now four years ago. If I knew then what God was doing in my life now, I would tell that little girl to forgive herself to trust God with all of her heart, and that the only person, (laughs) belief, deity, or God who conducts complete 180 transformation is through the love and power of Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior. And I am certain that through destruction comes rebirth. So... I don't know if anyone has a similar story than me, but I just wanted to share that with you guys to know that you don't ever have to be enough for God to love you unconditionally. He already loves you unconditionally. I spent my whole entire life trying to work myself up to be good enough, and God already told me that I was enough. You are enough. You are worthy. Um, Yeah, you are loved, and I am sorry if anyone in this world made you feel like you weren't. Thank
0: you. Wow, 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 wow! Praise the Lord. Sade, that's a powerful story, girl. And you know the Lord is still working through that story even right now to this day. And I, there's a there's a lot of themes in that story that I believe that resonate with people here right now. Maybe fatherlessness is one. Maybe not feeling worthy enough. Trying to go after. The next thing, and the next thing, and the next thing, just to just to be enough. It could be the trauma that's following you, that tries to nip at your heels, don't want to leave you alone, doesn't want to stay in the past. So if that's you, you know, I believe there's freedom in this place tonight. I'm gonna call up the next story, brother. Finally got some brothers in the house. My goodness, playing around. Big Bryce, come on up, bro. Let's do this. This this is the man right here, the legend Bryce. Y'all is gonna share a little something.
3: Hey guys, wow, the uh, the Holy Spirit's presence is thick tonight, and those two testimonies were extremely powerful, and those really touched people. So thanks for being so brave to share. Um, I felt compelled to share a verse before I begin tonight. Um, it's in Philippians. And Paul's talking about knowing Christ. And he says, Not that I have already obtained all this, or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me, heavenward in Christ Jesus. Uh, And that verse has gotten me through lot. Um, to forget what is behind, just strain towards what is ahead. And I just want to take a quick moment and share bits and pieces of my life where that is evident and uh, what Christ has done to me. Um, from birth, I was in church. If I was born on Saturday, I was in church on Sunday. No, no questions. And that's truthfully how it was. And and, and, a lot of, and a lot of people here can relate to that, right? We grew up in the church. You do the whole shtick where you go to church every Sunday and you may, might go to youth group on Wednesday. Uh, and, and I'm really thankful for that. Uh, so let's fast forward to middle school. In middle school is in sixth grade. And I don't know when this came about, but I struggled with massive, massive anxiety. I would uh, go and, fall, and I couldn't fall asleep. My heart would pound out of my chest. I couldn't breathe. I was having all kinds of problems, just stressed about school, stressed about friendships. And I was like 13, but I was just, I couldn't sleep. I couldn't eat. And I was just debilitated. And I just felt like it was like hopeless. And eventually through my church, I I discovered God on my own. I think I was in seventh grade and I finally discovered Jesus. And Jesus changed my life. He took away that anxiety that I had. He took away that, all of that pain, and I got this massive Jesus high, I call it. The Jesus high. The Jesus high where you go on the missions trips. The Jesus high where you, you do everything, but you're feeling so good. You're in your Bible, and you're like reading it, and you're like, oh, my goodness. I read the Bible in a year. The whole thing, I was like, oh, my goodness. This is the best thing that has ever happened to me. It was, it was unbelievable. It was, it was the best thing that's ever happened. It was, like, the best year of, like, my life. I was just, like, every day I was in the Word. I was praying. I went to mission trips. I saw miracles. I was in it. But there was a piece missing from that equation. And eventually, I grew up in Illinois, and I moved to California. So I get to California. I get to high school. And in high school, I realized that I I truly actually didn't know who I was. Because while all of that was real and all that was really good, Inside, I still truthfully didn't know my identity in Christ. I still didn't know who Bryce was. Um, I used to be a big people pleaser, like, huge. Like, oh my goodness, if you liked me, I was like, yes. Like, I have friends. I have friends. I feel a little popular. I feel better about myself. I was so insecure. And in high school, I strove for that all the time. I was friends with everybody. I tried to get around and fill this void of belonging, right? I just wanted to belong. I actually had a great family. I I, I don't know why, but I just had this void that nothing could be, no one could fill it. And I, I, I was, like, a people pleaser for a while. And then I realized, oh, man, I feel like people are taking advantage of me. And then I was, like, mean, you know, like, oh, I don't want to be stepped on. So I'm just going to, like, you know, <laughs> I'm just going to, like, be this. And, you know, I want some respect, you know. And, and I went through all of this. And I just didn't know who I was. I was all over the board. And I call it, like, the running in circles pattern where I felt like I wanted to be somebody and I wanted to be a Christian, but I also wanted to do everything on my own. I wanted to do everything my way. And, and I also was, like, really focused on, like, not sinning. So every time I sinned, I just got real nervous. And then I would, like, go back to God and beg for forgiveness. And then I would just, like, repeat and repeat. And I was stuck in this loop, and it was endless. So not only do I not know who I am, but I also am struggling with this sin problem because I don't understand forgiveness. Like, I don't understand. Like, all that stuff that I experienced before was so good, but I didn't know my identity in Christ still. And in high school, I didn't know who I was. I would change my personality. I'd manipulate people. I'd be kind of conniving just to get people to like me, to feel the sense of belonging. And then I came to college, and, um, and, I, and I found Alive. And I, I came to the vineyard. Um, I don't know if any of you guys know Kundi in here, but Kundi dragged me here. I didn't have a car. <laughs> he got me here anyway. He's a great guy. And, and Alive you know, Ryan Otto and Clay, they talk about identity so much. It's like every other sermon's identity. But, you know, it's there for a reason because it's honestly the most important part because I could have all of that other stuff I had. I could see miracles. I could, like, do the stuff even. I could, you know, pray for people getting healing. But if I didn't know who I was inside, then I would still feel the void in my stomach. That would just, that was just always going to be there. And I figured out the solution to this running in circles problem which is to truly know who I am in Christ and there's not like a one step formula for knowing your identity you know there's like ways you can get there but really it's just being with the father and being really intentional about like grabbing like who you are like reading the bible but instead of reading it just to gain like try to gain from it like do it because like you, you want to be, belong to God you want to be a child of God and I realized that the biggest thing was that I knew God was my friend. Like one day it just hit me that God was my friend. And that like like when Ben was saying when he was going at it earlier and he said, I am a friend of God, God is my friend, that clicked because that's it for me. Like I love to be a son. I know I'm an heir. I And you guys are all, we're all heirs in Christ. We're all sons and daughters of Christ. But to know that God not my friend, that I don't have to go and like, change my personality to get friends, for people to like me, that don't have to like go and manipulate people to like me, that I can just be weird, be Bryce for who who he made me to be, and just ha- be accepted. And, and that changed my life because no longer am I running in circles trying to not sin. I just am learning to not sin because I'm just a belonging to Jesus because he's just imprinting his hand on me every single day that i get in the word not because i'm trying to just do miracles no but because i want i want to because i love him and he loves me and he's my friend and that's just the symbiotic relationship it's not the striving to get there you're just there you're already there the victory is already there and that's and that's the biggest thing i learned and it changed my life it really did and i still get anxious still and i still mess up and i still do stupid stuff but truthfully like i know that i always have a sense of belonging in Jesus Christ. And that changed my life. So, thank you, guys.
0: Powerful, bro. Powerful, powerful. Bryce, thank you very much, y'all. Identity changed his life, and I believe that identity can change some people's lives here sitting in the seat. I know it's like five after nine. I, I, real, I didn't realize how late it was already. Man, when the presence is thick, time goes fast, right? We like, we like time traveling out here. My goodness! Um, But we got—we do have one more person. So I understand that you know people are like, "Yo, you said we're gonna be done." I know I did, and that that, you know. But at the same time, if you want to stay, I think you would be in for a treat because Patrice is gonna be the last one giving the story. Patrice, come on up here. So Patrice, she is uh, a young adult uh, here. She. Um, She doesn't usually come to a live, but I invited her and it was a confirmation because three people prior to me speaking to her said, hey, you should go to a live and check it out and actually be pouring into some people out there because we believe that you have something to release. And I believe she did, too. And when she told me that, I was like, well, look at God. okay?" so, yo, yo, here's Patrice. Y'all give it up.
4: All right, guys, thanks for having me, first of all. And kind of like Jess said, during worship, like, Holy Spirit just wrecked my whole plan. So I apologize if I feel like I'm uh, rambling. But um, my story basically is just one of God recklessly pursuing me and me running and constantly running. A lot of that was from trauma that happened in my life. And I'll just say tomorrow is my 32nd birthday. And to be able to stand here in front of college students when I was a college student myself, and I didn't even think that I was going to live to see 25 or 30 is just, like, amazing. So it's like a birthday present, honestly. (laughs) Um, By the world standards, like, I had, you know, I had a good foundation. I grew up in a two-parent household. Um, My parents were in ministry. I grew up going to church. I was, like, eight years old serving in ministry, like, on the worship team with my family, um, doing uh, childcare, you name it. And... At about age 13, I took on this, like, wild, rebellious spirit. Like, I love to do everything wrong. That was my identity. That's who I was. You wanted to go do something bad, people called me because they knew I was always down. And, um, yeah, I just, it wasn't until actually two or three years ago that Holy Spirit revealed to me where that came from. And at 12 years old, I was actually molested by a family member. Um, we didn't know him very well, and we opened our doors to him. And so at 12, that happened to me. And I remember um, growing up with parents in ministry, most of my friends were PK kids. And I just remember looking at them and saying, they don't know what I've been through. I can't be their friend anymore. They don't, you know, I felt damaged. I felt dirty. I felt disgusting. And I think that was the moment where I instantly pulled away from the father, but um, Besides this man taking my innocence, he also shut out the Father's love for me. Like, I, I didn't have a heart to receive. I couldn't receive his love anymore. Um, so that same year, my parents transitioned me from Christian school into uh, public school. Bad combination. <laughs> so I, I'm in public school. I'm this rebellious kid. I'm the life of the party. I've got friends everywhere. I'm doing all the things. Um, I would say by, like, senior year, I was a full-blown functioning alcoholic. I made good grades. I was um, a track star uh, at my school. Nobody really knew. I mean, me and my two best friends would drink a whole handle of vodka on a weekend between, between the three of us. And um, by senior year, I had planned on staying in the area. I'm from Charleston, so I was going to go to Eastern. Um, but I actually remember trying to get, a, get as far away from my family as I could. So I went to college in Kentucky, and um, uh, people would ask me, like, why did you go to Kentucky? Uh, all of my track, uh, track friends were going to Eastern, um, so it made sense to, like, stay at Eastern. But um, I just remember, like, I wanted to get away. I didn't want that um, responsibility to have to, like, answer to my parents and be at church and serve in ministry. And so I went off to Kentucky, and um, it's a party area down there, so that I— the alcohol increased. I introduced marijuana into my life then, and I mean, just completely fell off the grid. Um, By the end of my freshman year, I came back home, and my parents were like, hey, yeah, you're not going back. (laughs) So they're like, enroll in junior college. Um, So I was back at home in my same environment with all of my friends who were partying, and ended up moving in with a high school friend who introduced me to recreational uh, party drugs. So at like 18, 19, I am using cocaine. I am using uh, ecstasy, um, acid, everything, you name it. And I remember being 19 and I was like having this really rough come down and I just was on the bathroom floor crying out. Like I wanted to end my life, but at the same time, I love my parents too much to do that. So I had this bright idea, I'm gonna join the army. (laughs) So at 19, I joined the army, I joined the military, and um, I will say that it served its purpose in some capacity. Um, It gave me the voice to turn down doing drugs, it gave me the voice to say, hey guys, I'm not gonna go party, I'm not gonna throw my career away. Um, But the enemy is so sneaky, right? Like, you know, I was able to pull away from the drugs, and then here I am at 19, he introduced a 25 year old man who was a grad student in college, seemed like he had his life together. Um, really took me under his wing, and um, what I thought was love. And about three or four months into our relationship, it became physically and emotionally abusive. And I stayed in that cycle for about three years. Um, ultimately, ended up having a child by him. Um, I left him when my child was three months old, um, and have been a single mother ever since. Um, <laughs> thank you. Um, all that to say, I just you know, I, looking back now, I can see where like the father was like just constantly pursuing me, but my heart wasn't open my heart was not open. And um, in 2014, I moved here. And um, at this point in my life, I'm not actively going to church. Um, had a really close relationship with my parents. They were actually taking my son who was about three or four at the time. They were taking him to church every Sunday. Um, they ended up finding a church that didn't have child care. So they said, hey, you know, we're not gonna be able to take him anymore. So my four-year-old comes up to me one Sunday morning and says, why don't we go to church anymore?" <laughs> talk about guilt, right? So I'm like, oh my gosh, I got to take this kid to church, you know, even though I don't have any desire to be at church. So we come to Vineyard and I'm going through the motions. I mean, I'm taking them to Kingdom Kids. I'm sitting in the backseat. I'm totally unengaged. I'm not like not feeling anything. Um, did that for four years or three years. In 2017, I went through a really, really bad breakup that just shook me to my core. Like it really made me think, what am I doing? You know, I felt worthless. I felt useless. I mean, I it just, it was bad. Uh, The timing was great, though, because Vineyard was doing The Shack. I don't know if you guys have ever watched that. Highly recommend. Um, So as somebody who grew up in the church and constantly hearing about uh, the Father's love for us and and Holy Spirit, I just never really actually grasped what that meant until I watched this movie. And it was like everything just came full circle. And so uh, a few months after that, I got baptized and, like, God just, like, launched me into this season of like um, empowering women through our church, single moms, um, young adults here tonight, um, I just want to let you know that you're not the trauma that's happened to you, all right? Like trauma will push you, trauma will tell you that you have to run from your calling, but in fact, the father wants to use your trauma to set other people free, okay? And so we've talked a lot about identity tonight, you're not what people have done to you, You're not what people have said to you. Your pain is not who you are. And so I just really hope that if anything that I've shared tonight resonates with you, um, I hope we're doing ministry tonight. I don't know. But I would love to pray for you um, and just release what God's done in my life into your life. You carry something. What the enemy meant for harm in your life, you actually carry the authority to break that off in other people. So, yeah, that's my story.
0: Praise the Lord praise the Lord. Patrice Leonard. Yeah, we are doing ministry, so what we want to do here is, is, is you heard four powerful stories, God's stories, stories of real, transparent, just vulnerable stories of breakthrough and that God is still continuing to to stir <clears throat> to stir even more of his presence in those in those mosaics, in those masterpieces. Because you are a masterpiece. Each and every one of you. So on do why don't I do this? Big Bryce, why don't you go over that corner? Uh can I get uh Jess Go back there, that corner. Can I get uh Patrice to go over there that corner? And can I get Sade go over here this corner right there, please? And uh, if you have resonated, if you if if any of one of these stories here resonate with you, Bryce identity, Jess Oswald over there with shame dealing with this inner turmoil and just this this everyone's not good enough or I'm going to be mean to everybody just because I'm in a mean mood and you know just whatever that is that you know that junk you need to get worked out if that resonated with you and so much more then go to Jess uh, trauma trauma if you have a trauma right now that's been nipping at your heels and um, that's been keeping you from stepping into greater glory with the Lord go to, go to Patrice if there's been some you know again with Sade's story powerful story if if you feel like anything she said she said resonated with you where you feel like you know there's a there's a past that well, you know wants to creep up there's a there's a present even that wants to try to keep you down there's a there's something out there right there you just wanna get released from. Feel free to go up and get prayer from any one of these four. And also there's gonna be ministry um some alive leaders available too. Alive leaders if you want to you can just go ahead and fill in the area as well too. Um but I'm gonna pray. And after I pray you can leave. I uh and conclude I'm sorry for you know, fifteen minutes over, my bad. Um but if you want to stay and get prayer, get prayer, get release, get, get healing, get freedom, get, get, you know, don't leave if you really want prayer. If you want to stay and soak, great. Um, but, Lord, I thank you for these bold men and women, these bold sons and daughters, Lord. We're just so grateful and thankful Father, for the story that's unveiling, the story that keeps recycling, Lord, in their life, the story of your redemption. It's the story of your redemption. It's the story of your heart. It's the story of your recompense at work. It's the story of the cross. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for your freedom. You set us free for the sake of freedom. And every man and woman here sitting right now, right here in this room, you are after. You are try- You are attempting to apprehend. You are attempting to arrest with your love, Lord. And I pray that they, whoever here, whoever wants to um, engage with you, that they, they they engage with open hearts. They engage with open eyes, open minds. Holy Spirit come. Stir up. Stir up in every one of us, Lord. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to our podcast today. And we pray that this has helped stir and awaken you to live alive to God like never before. If you want to connect with us, let's go. You can follow us on Facebook, and Instagram at Alive Vineyard College.